0: Welcome friends, LostGarff here, and it's time for us to have basically a podcast. Uh, Good news is we have an RSS feed again, that link will be in the YouTube description. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts, so that's pretty cool. Our guest today is known as Smidgen on Twitter, his name is Micah, and I'll have links to their Twitter and their art portfolio so you can look at it yourself. Uh, Welcome!
1: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: So here on this podcast, it's talking to just uh, creatives of different fields and different ways, and you are a digital artist who I've been following for I think three years, and it's really good art.
1: Wow, three years hasn't really been that long, now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and hmm, yeah. and uh, you st- not really much now, but you started out as like a, a Sonic fan artist, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's correct. I um uh oh sorry um. Yeah, like, I was really into Sonic a lot of my young life, like, well, I'm still young, but, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. but, like, very much into uh, middle school and high school, mainly because my brother introduced it to me, and, you know, from there, I just, like, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could draw this, since I was also, like, already into drawing, and it just kind of stemmed from there.
0: Nice, and... It's just real quick since we're on Sonic favorite character from Sonic.
1: Hmm. You know what? Oh wait, I know this. Rouge, obviously. <laughs> Rouge is great. Yes.
0: I think uh I Tails think is my boy.
1: He's a good boy. He's he's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh who was your favorite to draw when you were doing Sonic Fan Art? Is it Rouge?
1: Uh <laughs> Definitely like later on. Um uh, I actually, uh, it was Shadow. Um, this isn't really a surprise because, like, I think everybody, uh, you know, kind of was influenced by him. But um, when I was uh, really young uh, and started drawing, like, when I first started making like fan characters or whatever, I drew him a lot uh, in comics. Um, mm-hmm. I have this like, if it's still even held together, I have this old little like, you know, uh, line book notebook that is probably at my mom's storage unit that has like all the old pen drawings of like my old fan character. Uh, which you can say uh, pretty much was the stem that broke out to my original characters now. Um, but she was like, she was, I mentioned this before we started, but um, my fan character was uh, actually inspired by Tails, <laughs> uh very early on. And it just kind of developed from there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So and then, since, like, oh, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. You saying? Oh, and then I just like, like I said, I just drew a lot of comics with them in shadow, just like as a ship. Basically, it was cheesy, <laughs> but it was something that I enjoyed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like this would, I, everyone when they're younger does they they ship uh, their own characters or those ship characters together or themselves with characters, things like that. Depending on <laughs> the whatever the thing they're a fan of. Mm-hmm. That, that's what a Mary Sue is after all. When I think about it. Mm. Um so S- shadow then. So you started around being a fan of Sonic around the Sonic Adventure era then or
1: Uh I'd say a little bit later. Um I was probably I I was I think still 3 to 4 when that came out. <laughs> oh okay. Um uh I um I think I first started getting into it in like around 2008. Um That was actually when I first started getting into video games because my parents they all got they got me my brother um, an Xbox 360 for Christmas, Mm. Um, and my actually before that um, my brother would sometimes let me play with his PS2, um, and I would play games like Jack and Daxter, um, Mm. uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, Mm -hmm. DDR, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh geez. Mm -hmm. Um and then um. Uh, let me see. But yeah, then um around the 2008 era was when I started getting into it more because I started like uh you know watching TV a lot more and I saw commercials for um video games. The first uh commercial I saw for like Sonic that I that really reeled me in though was uh Sonic Unleashed. Mm. Um you can ask like literally any of my friends, they will like I will like annihilate you with that is like my favorite game Uh, (laughs) at least me and it's like it's natural because like i'm biased since it was my first sonic game Mm. um well technically not the first sonic game but the first console game my first one was obviously the one that my brother showed me on his little game boy color um sonic 2 i think um Hmm. and then uh when my um When I told my parents about it, they were like, oh, here. And they got me a DS and they actually got me Sonic Rush Adventure. Um, Wow. And I didn't know at the time that that was a sequel to Sonic Rush either, so Mm -hmm. I just kind of went along with it. But I still really enjoyed that game too. It was a lot of fun.
2: Cool. Yeah.
0: So, we'll probably touch back on games later, but just moving uh, to another area. So... Mm -hmm digital art so you've been doing uh digital for how long
1: uh let's see Um, i believe i got my first tablet in 2012 um that was when i was like starting to get onto the internet more um i started getting onto like deviant art more uh there was like art tutorial websites that i would go on and i didn't realize at the time that um digital arts were or uh drawing tablets were how people were making these like art pieces and so mm-hmm. I was, thought it was really cool. And then I found out about them and I would not stop bugging my parents about it. <laughs> I was kind of a brat with that kind of stuff if you haven't picked that up. Mm. Um but uh my grandparents they gave me a bamboo, a whack and bamboo um uh as my first tablet and I oh. just used the hell out of it. Um I uh mm-hmm. I, had, I used that one for quite a while. That one like lasted me a good few years. Um, and then I believe um, I got a Cintiq uh, my last year of high school because I got a job and I was able to save up for one. Um, but it was one of the older models since, you know, Wacom, they love to make their tablets the price of cars. Yes, um, they <laughs> that they do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been drawing... Since I've been drawing a little bit before then, though, I started like digital drawing in 2012. Um, You know, from here to now, it's almost been 10 years for me. Um, And like I say that, like, I definitely it definitely was elongated. Like I it was really interesting to see, like, and look back over the years, how like your art progresses in more ways than one, Hmm. because when I look back, it sometimes I see me improving with like color theory and like shading because I remember, you know, the classic shading with black or like gray, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Or like if you're if you're real normie like me, you would just go into Photoshop and use the dodge and burn tools. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like you know, getting better with anatomy, getting better with this and that. It was it's just really interesting to see. Um. And it makes you, it gives you a pat on the back, but it also reassures you that, like, drawing takes time. It, like, I'm still looking on ways to improve, even today, and, you know, I feel like everybody should, just for, like, themselves and their skills, this is something that they want to um, uh, progress with, especially, like, at a professional level.
0: So then, uh, what software do you
1: use? Uh, I primarily use Clip Studio Paint. Hmm. I bounce back and forth between my uh, laptop and my iPad. Um, So sometimes not only will I use that, but I'll also use Procreate. Um, I tend to lean a little bit more towards Clip Studio, though, I think, even though on the iPad there's, like, a subscription fee thingy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I think it's just because I like the interface better. Um, With Procreate, it's very simplified, and even though I like that, there's just, like, a lot of tools that I wish that were like still easily seen at the hands of everything like with clip studio. And,
0: uh, that's, uh, is it a uh, Apple only? I think that one is. Uh, or...
1: yes, okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, cause I think it's only available on like iPads and like iPhones or whatever. Um, you know, those of the sort. Uh, really? but yeah, it's, um, it's only, like, $10, too, so, like, wow. uh, if Procreate wants to sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I, I like it. It's it's also really cool because, like, it's one of those art programs that become, that is also very preloaded with brushes. And, like, I, I, I appreciate that because, you know, unlike the myth that, like, brushes don't make you better at art, they do. They are very <laughs> helpful. Um... You know, I remember when, um, at one point in my life, when I was working on art, I felt kind of like, I guess, not like a phony, but like, I felt like it wasn't, you know, real when I was like using the brushes and everything at the time. I'm just like, I want to draw this hand by hand, because then I'll be a real artist. And if I could go down like to 15 year old me and just like smack them and be like, shut up! Use these brushes. <laughs> I would. Um, because it's very, it's much it's much more helpful than you know, it makes it to be. And honestly, from what I've noticed with a lot of other professional artists, is that they use them too. And it's not something phony or fake or whatever. It, it's a, It's a tool. It's supposed to help you.
0: Yeah, I've been wrestling that myself. And I think it might be that's just a layman understanding or romanticist romanticization of art, I suppose, where you have to do every single stroke, uh, or just, I don't know, like, like you have to do it like a classic painting when, you know, it's digital art. You shouldn't be doing it like a classic painting.
1: So on the topic of digital art, um, as a whole, uh, I remember when I was, uh, in, it was, I believe it was also my senior year of high school. Um, um, I was in a drama uh, club, so we were in a lot of plays and shows, and sometimes I would bring my uh, Cintiq uh, backstage just to um, work on art, like when I was bored, if I didn't have any homework. Mm. Uh, one time, I uh, was just doodling on it, like still getting used to it, and one of my um, uh, stage group members walked by and noticed, um, and she's like, oh, what are you drawing and everything? And I'm like, oh, I'm just drawing this and everything. And she's like, wow, cool. I think digital art's kind of cheating, but I think it's really... <laughs> Well, anyways, and I, like, just sat there, and I was just like, what? Oh. And um, the funny, the even more ironic thing is that um, this person, uh, they, um, we had, like, a little award show at the end of the year for seniors and everything. They won an award for art, for the art program with their watercolor painting, and I was just like, so, so this is how, this is how it's going to be, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, nope hate towards that. Like if they're good at watercolors, fine. That's cool. Cause honestly I, I had a phase where I also tried watercolors and I don't think I have the patience for it. Mm. Um but like I just it kind of like still like boggles me that like even when this is made at like a professional level, like when video games use it, when TVs use it, when or TV shows producers and everything use digital art, that's still like Ragnified is, like, cheating. And just because, like, you have more tools that can help you out. Now, I definitely understand, um, you know, flexibility. Like, you should definitely, like, if you want to, like, really, I guess, become, like, ultimate artist or whatever. You know, definitely, like, switch back and forth from, like, traditional methods from time to time. Uh, Mm. Because, like, you know, like, you're not always going to have, you know, a tablet or, like, um... You know uh you know like iPad or whatever as like and also you know sometimes some people aren't as privileged to have one you know yeah. it's like it, it they're pretty expensive like um especially with like the new stuff that's coming out but it, like even if you do like it, it's not hard it's not cheating or anything for just drawing
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but yeah, um that's something that I've always like thought about. I was just like Man it, like obviously I've it's something I don't like hold tightly to my chest, but I just like kinda laugh at that. It's just like, Wow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah, because I, I wrestle that like like with shading. I'll do all the hmm. shading myself with all the colours and everything. And then like, well I could just use a gradient and I just I wonder to myself, am I cheating myself or not? But if I'm learning it, then I don't know. If mm. you're also learning it, then you, you just have more ways to do it, I guess. Because maybe sometimes the tool won't work, and then you do have to do it by hand or something.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I um... I think that, like, uh, it's important to, um... I feel like learning how to draw firsthand, like, you should definitely try it, um... Uh like traditionally first i just think that like just so you have like the basic like not only like concepts and like structure of how to like draw down but like it also people don't like think about it but it also takes like certain reflexes um in your hands and like in your um wrists and everything and it can also like that's why um some artists wear a wrist a brace or something mm. because um and i'm actually also looking for one i am mean, because um I've been drawing a lot lately, but um, sometimes with how you make motions with your wrists with drawing, it can, you know, lead uh, to a higher chance of getting to carpal tunnel. Oh. Um, and a lot of that can stem from when you're a beginning artist. Tem- typically when you're beginning, you make a lot more shorter strokes. Um, Cause I remember when I did that too, um, when I first started drawing, um, they look kind of wispy and you know, all that. Um, and like, you're just using primarily like your wrist. Um I've noticed like as you like progress and study more and everything, you use more of like your whole arm rather than your wrist. Um so that's also a thing that's like I think that's important to like get down first before like even if you do pursue like digital um art and all that. <laughs> mm. Okay. Mm.
0: Just wondering then, ah, oh, how word. No, I probably gonna word this wrong. Like, is it ableist to look down on tools?
1: I don't, I think so. Like, I mean, because, like, not everybody, you know, can reciprocate um, the same type of like practices, uh, like the same type of tutorials the same way. Like, mm-hmm. some people don't reciprocate it the same way. Like, um, one thing, Mentioned that I also I was just recently this year diagnosed with ADHD, oh. and I have an attentive type, which basically means that I have a hard time focusing um, on like basically tasks that in TLDR terms that bore me <laughs> 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 or just like are and en- not as interesting to me. But like in long term, it's basically like when you aren't like basically. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to butcher this. I'm just like trying to find the best way to describe it. Just like tasks that are like long with a process and like take lots of processing and all that. Um, that's what um you focus harder with, or like have m- a little bit more of a hard time with when it comes to an attentive type. Um, when I was looking at like uh tutorials and like um. Uh, like speed paints or whatever, um, when I was younger to like kinda um you know, like get ideas and like get, you know, how some people draw. I highly recommend that. Please watch speed paints, please watch tutorials. I love watching those. They're like not only is they like nice and helpful, but they're just also like relaxing. And I feel like there's kind of a therapeutic aspect to that. Um aside from that, um there would be times where I would like, you know, along the process when I would try to like practice or something, I would notice I accidentally missed a step or like, I, um, you know, like didn't process a certain type of, um, uh, step that they did or like, you know, movement or, um, just basically like skill or not skill. Uh, what's the word? Pardon me. I guess just like addition that they made. Okay. Um, and I was like, how did I miss that? And this was more than just art. This happened with, like, everyday things. Like, I would be like, I thought I said that. Or I thought I said this. Or I thought I said that. It was so, like, bizarre to me. Like, well, it wasn't bizarre. It was so bizarre to me that, like, I was, like, missing these seemingly obvious things. But it was so, like, eye-opening and reassuring when I got diagnosed that that was the reason for it. And so when people are like, do you need tools to make you a better artist or something? I'm just like, don't try to play high horse with that because (laughs) like, you don't really know what people could be struggling with. And I do think that, I don't think that when people say that they're intending to be ableistic. However, they don't realize um, that they can be unintentionally. Um, When you like think about these things more and like, Remember that not everybody is, you know, neurologically as competent um, in certain areas. Or, like, they are, um, or they're just, like, struggling. Um, That you, like, don't, like, when you don't, pardon me, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when When you think about those things more, you become less you you become more empathetic and like mm. you say like i feel like you would, those kind of thoughts or like statements would decrease because like you realize that might not be the right thing to say to somebody who's genuinely looking for help
0: yeah i i do think ableism is usually uh like absentmindedly said like they don't realize
1: mhm i agree cuz like um most of our society still is very ableistic um mm. Lately, I've been actually, um, uh, this past couple quarters, I've been taking some classes in my uni that have been focusing on aspects like that, which is why I've, like, kind of made it more central in my mind to think about. Um, Both classes have been, um, they've been for my major in psychology, um, which are, uh, right now I'm taking a body image. Yeah. Uh, and last quarter I took, um, uh, sexual identities, which is talking about identities and like your, um, identity when it comes to sexuality and gender and stuff like that. And a lot of the things that we discussed were included, um, discussion about how disabled people may feel or, or like the discussion of the disabled community, um, among other things. And it was really interesting and I thought it was really good to that my professor included this since they um since this isn't really talked about. Like it's not really something that's I mean, if you look through like a magazine, you know, from now through like probably the, the last five years, you probably won't see like a model who has like was in like a wheelchair or like um who may have um Tourettes or something like that. Because, like, again, it's like not seemingly, quote unquote, as fit for these type of jobs or this type of like public image. Still,
0: hmm, yeah, I don't think I, I've ever seen a wheelchair besides for like advertisements. I think for mm. wheelchairs,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: or insurance. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, psychology then. Uh, so, what what year are you now?
1: Uh, it's weird because I'm taking summer quarter. Um right now, I'm technically just about a senior. Um, hmm. because I should be plan. I'm planning to graduate by next summer. Um, those was little annoying like students like, well, technically, I'm a senior, but I'm a junior. and <laughs> <laughs> um it's mainly because uh, when the um one, well, not to be too open, but I accidentally feel, well, I didn't accidentally. um I failed biology. Uh, ooh, and ooh. I also, um, Failed my wheelhouse. I had to uh, retake statistics. That was fun. Ooh. Uh, anyone, anyone who uh, is also majoring psych or anything that involves statistics, they you know the struggle. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that time,
1: but uh, thankfully, those are out of the way. Um, another thing is also when this whole pandemic started, uh, um, I was a bit overwhelmed with my classes for spring quarter and one of them I actually ended up dropping because I wasn't used to like the new changes of being um, mm. inside all the time for classes. You know, like a lot of people have like the advantage of, um, you know, having all this free time for a uh, class and like doing at home uh, schoolwork. But for a lot of us, especially like people who are neurodivergent like me, um, Within attentive ADHD, very, very hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, like, I've literally, like, spent, you know... Like, there's there's been times where I, like, want to do my work and, like, need to do it and know I need to do it, but I will not, like... I just will sit and stare and, like, you know, just not do it. It was... It, it's very hard and it's, like... Excuse me? Um like it's just it's so crazy cuz like that's like not everybody has this problem and like it's hard to explain to them what this problem is because you know obviously not doing it is it's more than just saying it, i'm i don't want to do it it's like i just yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but that's been a thing that i've been dealing with um i feel like i've been getting a little bit better with it, since this will now kind of be the new reality for the rest of the year but um you know it's still been a pretty difficult thing to manage
0: oh yeah like the advantage to physical classroom is well you got nowhere else to go now you're stuck there
1: yep it doesn't <laughs> help that my uh, apartment's pretty small too <laughs> yeah
0: Oof. Mm. just remembering those times um... oh yeah I'm, okay, I'm I'm actually curious about statistics, real quick. Uh, was it just doing like bell curves and all that stuff, or did you actually do a lot uh, any analyzing of the bullshit uh, of statistics? Because I'm curious so, on that like, part.
1: I can't really remember because um, I remember the first teacher I had. No offense to her, but she was <laughs> kind of bad. Um, but uh we it was mainly bell curves with her mm. um the second teacher i had though she um we kind of did more real life examples um and like uh we didn't really apply anything to like the major since like obviously everybody here had different majors mm-hmm. but um i do remember like doing like i think there was one that was like a fishing exercise or something um there was another um aside from bell curves, there was another topic that we went over. It was, uh, what was it? It was, um, oh, it was the conditional statements, because those killed me, because, mm. like, fun fact, me and, and we're roping them into this, me and our friends Talon and, <laughs> and Steph and Mitchie, we were wondering what this phrase was the other day, and it was driving us nuts. Um, until like someone said on Twitter and I'm like, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just a lot of that mainly, and um, I like I, I felt a lot better the second time I took it because even though um, I had a hard time with the first class, um, both because of the teacher and just because of understanding the um, the course, uh, the um, the second, uh time felt a lot more fluid, and I was just like, I got this, I got this. I got this. <laughs> so that was reassuring
0: cool like for me, it was here's all the boring stuff. We'll do a little bit of this and there's like now we're just gonna do a bunch of cases of b s like what's the b s mm-hmm. here what's the b s there? I found that fun because it was like a kind of like a puzzle or a riddle kind of thing
2: like, mm-hmm.
0: it was like how are they bsing us with statistics like it was a lot <laughs> of just uh understanding the b s so that you could actually argue around it. Or against it because people BS statistics a lot. Oh yeah. Like um, for me, psychology. I only had to take a little bit of it, and it was a lot of just direct brain stuff.
1: Oh yeah, like that's what you'll um, talk about in Psych 101 beginning, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like uh, Phineas Gage, of course, always gets covered. Oh, man. <laughs> That one's such a rough story to go to hear though. It those, is. Those who don't know Phineas Gage, Phineas Gage, he got like a metal spike through his head. Survived it. But he was a completely different man. He was way more angry and aggressive with people than he than he was before.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's cause I uh, think his inhibitions got destroyed, basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just, it's kind of like just when, after someone has a stroke, where they just lose the ability to inhibit their more aggressive behavior.
1: Right. It's really interesting to me, because, like, um, there was a, a case, there was someone I knew, I'm not going to say names, but mm. people who know me probably know who this is, so, whoops. But um, <laughs> uh, there was someone I knew that, like, I was friends with for a bit, but then that kind of diverged. Um, they had gotten into an accident. Like, I believe it was a car accident or something. And, you know, they apparently, they just, like, from word of witness of other people, they became, like, more aggressive. Much more aggressive. Much more, like, not hostile, but, like, hmm. just assertive. And, like, I don't want to confuse aggression with assertion because those two are completely different. Um, they're similar but, like, different in intent. But, um, and I was just, like, realizing one day, I'm like, wait a minute. This is the exact same thing that happened with Phineas Gage because where it happened on them was like their frontal lobe area. And your frontal lobe is like the number one area for like your emotions and like your, you know, awareness of that. So it's really interesting just to like see multiple accounts of this kind of thing happen because it just proves it's true. And it's just like, wow, science is weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um, Have you ever heard of the, uh, I think one of my favorite experiments to um, bring up lately is the um, Zimbardo experiment. Have you ever heard of that one?
0: I know I've I've heard it, but at this point it's been so long. So which one, Mm. what's that one?
1: So the Zimbardo one is where uh, Philip Zimbardo, I believe that's his name, um, conducted an experiment with a bunch of men. Um, They took them to a prison and what they basically did is that they role played the oh, this one. Okay. identities yeah of mm-hmm. cops and uh, prisoners and it got so extreme to the point where with the people who were role playing the cops that they like had to cut the experiment early because these like people were like legit abusing like the um the uh, cellmates and like the prisoners and i just think that's really interesting especially referring to it now like in the time period that we're living in, because it's just like it thinks it, it makes you think about, um, you know, people who are uh, cops who are who like sign up for their role of duty, like what they, what their intention is. Like, you know, you tell you say like, not not to get a little political, if like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's too much here, um, but like you say that there's like all cops, not all cops are bad cops, but you. You look at an experiment like that and think that people who don't know who think what a cop is is just try to replicate it, and that's the outcome of that. So, what do you think about when the people who are cops like, what did they think when they first sent the role? Now, obviously, there's definitely some people who, um, uh, like their intent was just like, I want to help the world, I want to help the, um, Mm-hmm. You know, people, I want to help society, which is very good in nature, because, like you know, anyone who does want to do that is, you know definitely good minded. But um then when you come with how the system of it works, with how like, I forgot what the term of these are, but like not tickets, but just like the the little like amount of amount per day that they have to a sign for each um, like precinct or whatever for cops. You, you think about that and it's just like, why would you, it's more than just like even people wanting to be good or bad. It's more, it's just the whole like system of it that just shows how like badly structured it is. So.
2: Hmm.
0: But, but- <laughs> I think like, there's All two right. things there. Um, one thing there is the suit makes the man kind of thing, or like, the person becomes the character. Like, they become what they think it is, I suppose. Like, um... Like, yeah, those guys, they this is what they thought cops were, so they did that stuff, which wasn't great. Uh, another one is, I suppose, a superiority complex as well, or like... Or, oh,
2: yeah.
0: Or moral high ground. But, like by, by being a cop by default, they think they have moral high ground, so that lets them do some things. Like, it it in a way takes away some inhibitions because they're like, well, I got authority. So I can do what I want kind of thing. Mm
1: -hmm. But we have,
0: hmm? Oh, you can go ahead. Because we have cases of where people become something that they're just faking because they've just done it so much. They become that thing. Mm -hmm. Like a celebrity example would be Andrew Dice Clay. He's this comedian. He was a very, very liberal comedian and he did characters Mm -hmm. And a character that really worked out was Andrew Dice Clay, which is this very aggressive kind of, I'm going to say it wrong, like, kind of like jockey, kind of on the, more on the right side kind of things. And then he just became that person eventually. And he noticed it too, but wow. now he's just who that is. So just wow, being that's... a character, you become that character eventually just because, well, you're in that mindset.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. I never even heard about that
2: guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was um, uh, a quote that I saw on Twitter uh, like a month or two back. God, it's hard to believe this was already two months ago. <laughs> um, but uh, it was talking about you know respect, and you know there's two different types of respect when it comes to like authority and you know human rights. Um, some people mean respect with I'll treat you with respect like as an authority figure. And some people mean respect with teach you, you know, like a human being with basic respect.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, And the, but sometimes when you hear the quote, um, if you don't treat me with respect, I won't respect you. And what that can sometimes be translated to is if you don't treat me like an authority, I won't treat you like a human being. And then it circled into the film of the NYPD, uh, the police, the main police chief saying "Um, you guys better respect us or we'll, you know, not you know listen to you or whatever basically <laughs> so it's like hmm not
0: great interesting yeah this is, it's it's not a great situation <laughs> really no <Nope. not. laughs> it's a bad situation it's still happening too of course like uh, uh uh it's anything that involves humans is going to be very flawed i think at the end of the day
1: oh yeah like i mean Humans are naturally flawed, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. However, you know what's wrong with that as this whole thing as a whole is not only like the imperfection of you know how humans react, but also just the system. Like mm. the the first police um, chiefs were um, <clears throat> were like one of them was in Boston, uh, since that was primarily where you know the population was. But down, or, down the South, they were slave owners and they would just be watching at night for, you know, slaves that hmm. either got loose or something like that. So that's naturally where that's where that erupted from. And so, you know, you can't really like reform or, you know, like fix a system that's reliant on that. There has to just be either complete eradication of it or just like, you know like, Well, I guess you can reform it, but like, in a sense it's like, this needs to be removed, this needs to change, this needs to be different from what it's rooted from. We need a different root from this. So,
0: It's really weird um, how dismissive people are about uh, racial things in that uh, America itself has had slavery longer than it's had freedom uh, for yeah. African Americans. Um, we actually have a recording of one of the last slaves. Uh, they They got all the way to like 90 something and they got a recording of them in like 1890 or 1910 before they passed. So we actually have perspective of, of a former slave on things. Hmm. And so yeah, slavery was only like four people ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. so it's not like it's all gone. It's, we have We're not that old a country at the end of the day.
1: So, I think one of the things mm. that is, like, really interesting about that is how people, like, the reaction to when like, when people post pictures of, like, MLK and everything, especially, like, in black and white, and it's, like, those pictures are, like, in color. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how recent this is. Like, MLK's daughter is still alive, and she's on Twitter telling people, like, who try to rephrase his, like, his speeches, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that's not what my dad was saying, come on hmm it's uh it's it's an interest. it's always been an interesting time i suppose it's it's a rough time i don't like like we're both minorities so we 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 have a different perspective on it than some other people will have of course
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think um think by bi- being biracial has like you know affected it um I used to think like when I was younger that I was a special kind of different because I was not only black pack, but I was white too. And, you know, I was just like, Oh, cool. I'm two things. I guess, I guess that means I'm cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, And like, I didn't really, like my mom was very good though, about teaching me black heritage and black culture. Um, Even if I was like, Oh, I watch board documentaries and all that. Like she still (laughs) made the effort. Like, to teach me about these things because it's important. And like, it's important for my identity that I know just well, because as far as like my wife's side, there's not really much else other than, you know, Midwest and stuff. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: uh, and, um, you know, like, as I've grown and like, especially within my recent years, um, uh, I've like, resonated more with my um black identity mainly because I've stuck with my mom more my dad and I unfortunately we don't talk anymore because mm. of just the relationship we've had um <clears throat> my dad was pretty borderline abusive to um uh, me and my my family mm. not like physically but unfortunately at one point it came to that with me um only once though uh sorry for by the way trigger warning unfortunately sorry mm. um uh, we never, like, he's tried to contact me a couple times since then, but, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I've blown it off. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to take part of that. But, uh, it was at one point last year, where it was almost two years since I hadn't talked to him, where he decided it was a good idea to make a big blog post about why he was such a terrible dad, but in, like, a sarcastic light. And one of the things that he included in this article was how he mentioned that his kids has have identified as black. And it's like, well, aren't we black? <laughs> like, <laughs> when you think of things like the one drop rule, you know, we would, defi- we would identify as black because, you know, in the end, that's what we, you know, were. And it's like, it's crazy that, like, you know, even... It's crazy that like, even the people you're biologically related to don't see you as what your makeup it has, because just because they want to see you as something else in their image. And that's one of the things that I think caused the a greatest disconnect from me and my dad because he didn't also not only choose to not listen to me, but he also decided to not agree with my culture, even though that was something that I was proud of and you know that i didn't care i was mixed with because it's important to me um and when it comes to like times like this i think it's very important for people like me to speak out about it because in the end though i'm still privileged like even though i am like black in a technical sense i'm also you know half white i'm light-skinned i'm uh um, what what the phrase is, what the hot phrase has been uh, called white passing, where basically you look like as if you can be a white person. Huh. And, you know, it's important because a lot of people of color, especially dark skinned black people, they get blown off. Like, one of the things that happened recently, especially in the art community, was how a lot of talented black people, uh, black artists, were uh, participa- ugh, participating. <laughs> And uh, hashtags like for Black artists and Black careers and everything, but they got blown off for it, and like barely any studios, if any, none at all, like contacted them or like followed up with contact with uh, messages. And I think that's important to bring up because, especially like from someone like me, because people who need who like do see me as someone as quote unquote a representative of, bl- of someone who's black need to know that I'm not the only one like mm. I'm not <laughs> um, I, like that, that seems like a crazy assumption but you'd be surprised that how many people would like I mean it's shown in media that like a lot of like TV and you know uh, shows still consider people like me as you know what they're what a black person is and like that's not true. <laughs> Cause like, even though I am black, I'm not black. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Uh, it gets weird trying to narrow down any, any race or culture anyway to one <clears throat> represent one representative.
1: It's very complicated. I agree. Yeah. It's like, it's just, but I, it's, it, it, it wouldn't be as complicated if, uh, you know so many other people like especially like white people weren't afraid to talk about it um but yeah (laughs) Uh,
0: every every racial conversation i've had with white people gets turned around into like well i'm not the the," um them trying to make it about i'll say like reverse racism or like how they're not racist i guess which it's not about them
2: (laughs) it's about the whole
0: thing it's frustrating yeah I agree <laughs> okay, okay moving towards hmm. actually I want to talk about psychology some more okay. just because because uh, there are some interesting stuff uh do you know about the monster study
1: the monster study I don't
0: believe so yeah I might get this wrong with mixed up with a different one it's the same guy for both But Mm -hmm. it's one of the, the monster study is, it's either the one where this guy had a, he had a a mumbling problem. Mm -hmm. And so he got a bunch of kids and some didn't have a mumbling problem. Some had a mumbling problem. Mm -hmm. And so he'd do like positive reinforcement and it would help with mumbling, but he'd also do negative reinforcement. And it made kids who mumbled, mumble more. And it made kids who never mumbled before become mumblers. Oh, wow. And I so,
1: that
0: one uh, that's either that one's a monster starter or the other one. I'll see the other one, but, uh, yeah, it <laughs> this, so he just made just kids into mumblers, which is very not great. <sighs> uh, the other one, which it might be that one is he made children scared of rabbits.
1: Oh, that's the Rainier study. I okay, know that okay.
0: one. And it's like, jeez, <laughs> little baby Albert. Oh, yes, there it is. Yeah, a little bit of mm-hmm. Uh, So, you know, not great. Uh, s- studies can be used for good and for horrible. one of the big for talking about it.
1: Oh, no, I got you. Um, No, yeah, like, I think it's, like, interesting that more people don't take these, like, studies into account. Uh, especially when, like, raising ki- children. Um, Like, I would see, like, those little po the whatever clout-chasing posts, um, either clout-chasing for, like, negativity on purpose or, like, just because they're dumb, but (laughs) um, (laughs) it would be, like, when someone's trying to feed their kid and they won't eat it, and then they just take, like, a stuffed animal or, like, doll or something and, like, beat it, or, like, relentlessly, and then they feed, like, when they would try to feed it, and they would reject it. Um, And so when they would try to feed them again, the kid would naturally, like, eat it. And it's, like, you're first of all you're a terrible parent and I'm very <laughs> concerned for your child second of all like people are like it's so like staggering how many people like still use the it's a joke or it's a it's not real or it's like you guys are so offended it's like no yeah, these that. are actually like studies that relate to these things and it's, it makes me frustrated that these things aren't like like these studies aren't publicized. public politicized mm. more um, for that reason because I feel like a lot of children would not have this the those kind of problems as much if they were um, because I mean like you would want the like there's been a lot of like oh kids don't had the struggle as I did and everything or my kids didn't have the same <laughs> struggle I did it's like well. Wouldn't you not want your kids to struggle like you did, though? Yeah. Like, isn't that the point of being a parent? Like, that was something that resonated with my dad a lot. He was the type of, why do my kids have it better than I did as a kid? Kind of thing.
2: Like, is that um, what you want? Like rem-
1: yeah, like, I remember one time, me and my mom were doing something. I think we were, like, watching TV, or like, and she was, like, doing my hair or something like that. And he walked in, and he's just like, you're so spoiled. And I'm like, for for my mom doing my hair. <laughs>
2: uh, wow.
1: Like I don't remember if it was exactly that, but it was something like lit so benign that like, you know, obviously both me and my mom looked at him like uh <laughs> okay. Um but yeah, and so I feel like you know, a lot of kids there would be a lot less kids who um you know have developmental issues, who have, you know, social issues with that. And like in that regard, like a lot of those problems would not as be as robust because these studies would be more publicized. But you know, people just like cloud, I guess.
0: I think the problem with because um, like child development really uh, concerns me a lot because okay. I have like a niece and I and my and a nephew and I got to watch them develop and I got to see them. Mm-hmm. They're not the best children, and but I got to see how they were raised, and it wasn't the best either. Oh. So using examples like how I'd like to raise my children uh, better, but child development is very concerning, but I think the problem is everyone thinks they know their child, so they think they're the expert of their child, whether they know anything or not, this is part of the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That or it's just, yeah, the whole mindset of, well... This was how my upbringing was. That's how their upbringing is gonna be, gonna be. Instead of trying to make it better, it's just they're gonna have the same experience I had. Because mm-hmm. I guess in a way that would be if you do it a different way, then there's then you're making it that you weren't a great child, or maybe your parents weren't great at raising you, or something. I don't know. There's a lot of things to unwrap there, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, like having so- babysat, raised my niece a bit. I got to see where a soft hand works and where uh, a more firm hand definitely works. Especially if uh, sometimes they just... Sometimes one thing works, one thing doesn't. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I... like my my niece has she can't focus very well and she's really bad at learning things. She's nine now. Mm-hmm. And this... And so seeing her concerns me for children in general because uh, she didn't learn a dang thing from online learning so i'm really concerned for just children in general because of that because it requires a parent to have a kid on task i think uh when it comes to that like the teacher is there to keep a kid on task now it's a parent has to do it because you just leave a kid with a laptop that might not go anywhere
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i get that, that light. i get that's why one of the concerns for opening schools this fall is a valid concern because i mean you know some people do have to um some people don't know what they can do with their kid mainly because of their what responsibilities they already have. Yeah. And like they legitimately are concerned for, you know, what their children will do or how they'll learn because, you know, they're not there to help them or they'll, you know, flub up their schedule. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing because like, you know, in the end, this whole thing screwed all of us over. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, so, you know, we weren't to know anything we weren't to expect anything um but i mean it's still just like a concern like it's still not good to open up schools because i mean it's already been showing that um the few schools that have been opening up have had rocketing cases uh or cases rocketing up um and that concerns me because like kids are probably like, it's not because of kids getting it, but because they're probably going to be asymptomatic and mm. bring that to like teachers or the parents or relatives and stuff like that. So, that's another concern. But, um, ro- uh rolling back to uh what we were originally talking about, yeah, like, um, God, there's a, oh, um, my mom, when she found out that I had ADHD, mm. um, she was generally a bit hesitant to it first and kind of like how you were talking about like that whole, I know my child thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister, she got diagnosed before me and she was also like a little bit, she kind of just like blew it off, like not in a bad way, but she's like, Oh, well she has ADHD and like didn't really like harness what that meant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I was growing up, especially in high school, I noticed that like, my grades were getting or my GPA was getting lower as I got on. And I thought that I just meant, Oh, I'm getting stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, it we got to the point where my parents would argue. Like I remember um, my parents separated um, in the middle of my high school uh, time. And uh, mm-hmm. at one point my senior year, when I was going over to dad's for the weekend, um, <clears throat> he, uh, like literally, when we opened the door, he like held my grades in front of me and was like, "If your grades aren't better than you know, a C, then you're not going to prom." And I just broke down. And like my mom and I obviously left. Uh, but like, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I didn't I thought it was just like this was me. And I didn't realize that, like it was just a developmental issue ah uh, to be later discovered rather than, you know, this was me. And, um, my mom's a very accepting person, which is why I rely on her and, you know, as my guardian parent. Um, but, uh, I could still tell she was nervous to this being revealed to me because I was taking it so seriously. Um, and, like, she was scared. She was nervous what that meant for me because, um, my, uh, psychiatrist did suggest meds for my case. Um, I haven't found settled on one yet i've been we've been like doing some tests but um uh otherwise or likewise we've just been like we've been doing tests uh, <laughs> um and my mom's been nervous about that because like there has been a lot of cases with like kids who do have ADHD um who do have dr- uh, addiction problems with some of the medicines like Adderall
2: oh
1: and i can understand that from what I've learned with psych too, especially with how, like, you know, in the early days, they would just relentlessly like, drug up the kids who they even didn't even confirm that had ADHD yep. with Adderall, and it would just turn them into like zombies. And like, this isn't me saying don't take your Adderall to anyone who <laughs> does rely on it. Please yeah. don't think it's that. But like, it's just, it's, 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 it's ner- unnerving, um, especially to someone who lived in a very abled world before but um thankfully my mom has like even give consideration to getting herself tested um because i'll be honest i don't know where the string of it comes from if it does since my sister has it i believe lead to believe that one of my parents has it and i'll be honest i don't i'm not quite sure who uh that which one it was strung from maybe my mom I think more likely my mom, but you know, based off of my dad's behavior, I kind of have some beliefs that he might have, you know, some type of strength like that.
0: Hmm. From the biology side of things, that's been the, th- that's been a question for a while is nature versus nurture. Uh, is it in the DNA or is it just in our technological age? What's creating <laughs> ADHD? And uh it's also a question that's been asked about autism as well. Uh, because mm-hmm. of just how wiring works with autism. The question has been, are we evolving to deal with all the stuff we're getting? And right now it's an evolutionary phase of uh, misses and hits with autism. Because you yeah, have some people with autism who can be brilliant and people with autism who doesn't go very well. And so it's been a question of evolution of, of because of how our technology has been. And there's there's been a lot of talk in the biology uh, world and the and the genetic world What's going on with that?
1: Oh, definitely. I remember actually, this reminds me of when I was talking with my psychiatrist when I got diagnosed. She mentioned something of how um, uh, ADHD is a very evolutionary type of uh, illness because, Mm. um, you know, there has been like a lot more cases of it. And I do think that does have to do with some of technology and I'm trying to remember what we talked about that day. I'm like, we said something like that was spot on with this discussion, but I can't quite remember what was exactly said. Um, but uh, yeah, like, because a lot of what we are handed nowadays is like a lot, a lot of what, not only just with the technology, but with like the social world just goes very fast. Mm. Um, like with trends, with like shows with like just life, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and you know that can like in hand affect uh, the development of ADHD. Um, but on the other hand, it's tricky to say too because um, ADHD is al- also um, genetic, and so um, it's not that I don't think that. Um, the um, not I think that t- boo technology bad technology. Thomas Edison was a witch, um, <laughs> but I do think that there is still a lot to talk about in society when it comes to these developmental issues. Mm. Because in all honesty, like I don't like being Mr. Psychologist, Micah. Um, when it comes to like seeing my friends and family and like coworkers and regular people, but mm. you can really like spot out people and be like. Probably have
2: ADHD, or you
1: probably have autism, <laughs> or you probably have this, and like I don't like doing that because it's just so such a like it feels so prestigious and like yeah. you know high like kind of like what we were talking about earlier, um, uh, authority ish kind of thing mm. because like you feel like you can you feel like you have a higher claim because you know what someone is dealing with even though they don't know, yeah, um, but. in the end you don't really know either because it could just be something falling under um self-fulfilling prophecy for you too Mm, um but um either way the whole like the whole talk about um uh mental health when in regards to those type of things needs to um increase because i mean frankly you know just shy of like 10, 12 years ago, we only thought ADHD was primarily in, like, white boy, little boys, and (laughs) here I am, the exact opposite of that, um, you know, with it. It's not just a thing that happens in boys anymore. It's a thing that can happen to anybody. Uh, Have
0: you found, like, fidget things helpful at all?
1: Uh, Not really. Like, in fact, I think they kind of, like, not in in for my sake, I mean, but yeah. uh, in my hand, I feel like it's even more distracting for me <laughs> um, because it keeps me more preoccupied with something rather than like focused on what I should be doing. Um, I do think they're important though. Like I feel like when with the fidget spinner thing happened, it was like taking widely out of context. Like I feel mm. like a lot of mental health like awareness. Efforts are like taken widely out of context by modern-day society. Um, excuse me. Um, like that as an example, um, the ASL I, ice bucket challenge thing, where it was talking about with Gary's disease and how um, you know that affects you know like how it's the ice bucket supposed to resemble how it feels, I guess, but like people weren't realizing like. You know, like people took it more into as a challenge rather than like an awareness um you know, thing for the disease. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like um it's stuff like that where I know this is very divergent from the question we asked, <laughs> but um but yeah, like I think that um those are important and like but it's just like other things in society, they're taken widely out of context because of how you know, unaware we are still.
0: I feel like I can guarantee like 90% of people didn't know why the ice bucket thing was a thing. They just thought this is what you do. And we give money to ALS. Like...
1: Yeah. And it's like, I was in high school when this happened. Um, and so I don't really blame myself for not really knowing about it then because I didn't really, you know, it wasn't something that I was understanding or would un- really understand. At the time, but I wouldn't not understand it if it wasn't, you know, a topic that we talked about regularly. So I think that's um, where that can come into effect.
0: Random fact for um, <laughs> just people uh, in general, uh, Adderall. Uh, if mm-hmm. you ever wonder uh, how the Asian students get out of college in three years, Adderall is the, act- the answer to that question.
1: <laughs> Have you ever taken Adderall?
0: Uh, I have not. I just I had classmates who did, mm. uh, Chinese classmates who did. They came mm. here. They wanted to be gone in three years, and they took Adderall, and and they were just up all night studying. They were either in the common room or just in their room, depending on if, if how the roommate was about things. And yeah, they're still up studying. Still up studying. <laughs> it was uh, an experience seeing that.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Like, it's still so weird to, like, it's still very new to me um, to be introduced to uh, medications because, um, like, there's been talk about, like, you know, you don't need this. You can, you know, be fine with that. But in reality, like, a lot of people, they need it. (laughs) Um, Like, I do agree that I would be someone that um, would need medication, But the reason why I haven't taken Adderall or resorted to that is because I was also diagnosed with anxiety. Um, And since um, Adderall is an amphetamine, um, I feel like that would be really bad on that part, um, since it's a stimulant. Mm -hmm. And so my ADHD would be fine, but I would be, I would cry if I saw a fly die. I've been looking specifically for non-stimulant medications for that reason. Um, I have been curious about Adderall, but I feel like that'll just be a last resort Mm. um, in case, you know, everything else doesn't work out. Um, Because honestly, because I mean, like, you know, I've only been on two medications so far. Um, Technically one since I haven't started my other one yet. for uh, medical reasons and all that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's just it, it's it's hard. It's hard trying out medications, especially like you have to get used to routine with that. Um, and also just how they can like you can have a completely different personality like on yeah. meds. <laughs> it's it's crazy.
0: That was um. I have experience. I have some experience uh, more with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I've seen this two ways with your psychology. So if you have some you have some knowledge on depression. For me, it felt more of like a mental thing. So I never wanted to go to psychiatry. Well, psychiatry would have been smart when it comes to mental. But I never wanted to do meds or any of that stuff. My sister, on the other hand, was purely chemical. She had uh, digestive issues.
2: Oh, so I see because
0: of that, she wasn't getting the correct uh, hormones. I can't remember what it is exactly. Uh, she wasn't get she wasn't getting the hormones or the, the vitamins or minerals whatever it's needed for chemical balance, so she right. really needed medication for that. Like, because that's an actual like a medical thing. Hmm. Well, for me, it
1: he- f- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, for
0: me, it felt more like uh, just it was more psychological trauma and things like that that affected me. So I didn't feel like medication was the way to go for me. So it was more, uh, 15 years of dealing with depression and getting to a better spot after that.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> No, but <laughs> I'll drink to that. Mm. Uh, no, but yeah, like, uh, it's no joke when people say that like, you know, we're all like snowflakes, no two are alike because we do all respond to mental health differently. Like mental health is more so a spectrum than, you know, it is just black and white. Because, I mean, even with ADHD, I didn't even realize that there was multiple types of those. Um, there's commonly th- three different types, uh, which are inattentive, like the one I have. And then there's um, impulsivity, uh, which is more so the one I think society is more familiar with. A.k.a. just like rambunctious boys running around, you know, screaming, yelling, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and then there's combined type, which is just, you know, the two of those. Um, And, and also with the thing that people don't remember or don't know so much about mental illness is that it's kind of like buy one, get seven free. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I was diagnosed with AHD, I also was diagnosed. I also was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Mm. Um, not severity, thankfully, but, um, uh, still within the guidelines. And so, um, you know, that's why, like, Certain medications won't like even the most common ones that work well with certain illnesses won't fly for like certain people. Um, hmm. because most com- what I've learned most commonly uh, in kind of more fine ph- pharmaceutical psychology is that um, meds are usually made for people with especially in depression uh, for people who have major depressive disorder, um, mainly because it just is so heavy on the brain and also just the motor functions. But like you said, it can also be that severe um, enough to, like, affect other parts of your body where, like, literally, like, they shut down uh, mm-hmm. because you feel this way. And so sometimes people need it for, you know, the emotional, um, uh, just the emotional uplifting and, like, support. But some people do need it for, like, the physical, like, component of their lives, too. Yeah. So it's really interesting that, like, that's how... It works usually.
0: Yeah, it's uh, the brain is a crazy place, and we're still trying to figure it out.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Back in the day, I was on the. uh, uh, I used to be a neuroscientist, so it was more than mechanics. Uh, I I worked on Huntington's, Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's, and all three of those things are scary as hell. Uh, Because those are well, Huntington's is how to put it it's there's a protein in your head and it's getting made too long and it's clogging up your brain
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's why people die from huntingtons young
2: mm-hmm.
0: while parkinson's and alzheimer's are more your brains deteriorating which scares me mm-hmm. um the department next door is doing an interesting thing where they doing the heart doing learning brain the hard way they they have brains and they do a slice and they're putting neuron they're putting like uh, electrons to the brains one slice at a time, like it takes years to get through that. So mm-hmm. we're still so far from understanding brains.
1: It's so insane. Like that's why I that's what I'm so interested about with uh, studying psychology. Um, and the hard thing is I don't know. I still don't know yet if I will go on to grad school with it. Mm. Um, because although I do, like, want to make some component of it my career, I also, like, also want to, like, you know, my art career kind of mm-hmm. take off. Um, but I also, like, it's part of the reason why, that's also, like, a component of why I am taking um, uh, it with art is because I want that, you know, knowledge to reflect into whatever I produce or whatever I make. Um it's been—it's a dream of mine to someday, like, if you follow my Twitter already, you know I've been screaming about this lately. But <laughs> it's been a dream of mine um to like pilot my own show, um more so an adult kind of themed show that like isn't like satirical or dark or both or like it's just filled with like sex or whatever, but like kind of has all that in a lesser degree but also is more focused on like you know adult themes and like these kind of things because i think that like you know it's just something that i want to try that hasn't really been done from what i've noticed um i'm not any expert obviously either i don't want people to think like i'm a (laughs) hoity-toity you know artist that like thinks that my creation is Will be superior. I obviously don't think that, but I do want to make something different that, like, that obviously like stands out. And like, you know, that's a very hard thing to do. And especially when you're like a minority like me. Um, like I said, I still have some leverage. Um, for being uh, white passing, but like, it's still. I mean, it also doubles down that I'm, you know, a woman. So it Mm -hmm. also, that also, you know, comes with the price. Um, (laughs) but um. But yeah, like, and so I want there to be, like, more obvious cues of those things, like, in media. And that's what I want to, like, create for. Not just because I like it and I love, like, you know, creating. But also because I want those, like, kind of messages to be led on. Um, and, like, I think a lot of people use this as an example. But, like, shows like Steven Universe and, like, um, uh... Well, like state universe i can't really think of any other <laughs> examples on the top of my head but like they were more open about like mental health and like oh, yeah. you know talking and communication and like how to solve problems like that are more like conventional and more like not just like you know your basic you know fight all that stuff you know um and that's also what has like inspired me more um to wanna make something like that out in the world because, you know, if that person can do it, if 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 Rebecca Sugar, if a woman can do that, then probably so mm. can I probably.
0: <laughs> hmm. Uh touching on something you were saying, uh, in annoyance with uh I guess society is they think adult just means sex?
1: I think so. Cause like lately it, it helps that I've been taking a lot of like classes kind of center around that. There is sex is everywhere in media and like I don't think sex is a bad thing. I think yeah. sex is important because in the end like a lot of people um you know that affects you know almost everybody. Um it just depends on what their choices are and you know that's you know that's just as important. But the problem with it right now is well for one thing it's extremely heteronormative um two th- another thing is it's like you know it's also extremely westernized aka just like you know white people mm-hmm. um and so when it comes to like shows that have that like even whether it's satirical or not it's it's still like within those guidelines and like it doesn't include anything with like multiple genders multiple you know ethnicities or races multiple identities you know it's very saturated with you know the same stuff and you know i like i think sex is important i think self sexual expression is important um obviously for people that deem it important not everybody does Mm -hmm. but um there there is ways of creating sex positive environments without all that saturation of not only like the um uh westernized and uh, heteronormative standards but also like the toxic and like the um uh, yeah the toxic kind of ones hmm. um because in my um in my last class last semester we went into um uh, we went we took a we watched a video that was about the porn industry and how a lot of it is just run by know upper class affluent men um hmm. and like well that's not necessarily well it is kind of a problem it is a problem but, but um <laughs> well it's not the main problem at hand but it's also just like how it's run it's very um it's just very it's run too much like a totalitarian business like hmm. there was legitimately a court case where they had to um, fight for the legalization of using condoms on porn sets. Not lost. Wow, really? It was in, and this was in California. This was in mm-hmm. um, two thousand five, around that
2: time. Oh, okay, but um, oh. but yeah, it's
1: the
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like real quick on that is uh, California, though very blue, is also very red. It's something mm-hmm. that people don't realize is, uh. Up until Bill Clinton, California voted red nearly every time in the presidency. Uh, it's a very... It's got a lot of conservative people up in it. Uh, gay marriage was... was was like, all right, we got gay marriage now in like 2004, 2000... I mean, 2005, 2006. And they got slapped back down like one or two years later. It got mm. repealed. So there's a lot of conservative people here as well. Uh, there's just also a couple... There's a little bit more liberal as well. So... It's, it's almost a purple state. Thankfully not.
1: <laughs> so, um, in Washington, it's kind of the same deal. Mm. Um, we have two different parts of Washington. There is Western Washington, where you see all in the media. That's all you see in the media. Like, the, Seattle, you know, Tacoma, which is where I live. Mm. Um, just all the areas, like, by the water, by the forests and mountains and beaches and everything, like, but also with, like, the localization of our cult, of, like, you know, gay marriage and, like, uh, a lot more self-expression. And then, when you get past the mountains, there's Eastern Washington. And that is probably the most like conservative, like self like it is probably like just as bad as like as Cal- as you describe California, if not hmm. maybe worse. Um, there are people, even when you don't even go that that far into it when you get close to it, um, one of my friends, they live in uh, a place called Nenunomcla. Uh, which is pretty close to where you get to th- that line of, like, leaving Western Washington Territory. There are people who, like, have Confederate flags in front of their houses and, like, wear that with pride. And, wow. like, there are people with the, like, Blue Lives Matter flags, the one with, like, of the American flag with just the blue stripe. <laughs> I hate that. There thing. are people... I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, like... It's just everywhere there, like, and, like, people think, like, Washington may be even a purple state from that matter, because, like, if you're, like, if you are any darker than how dark I am, or, like, even your level dark, maybe even, you would not want to go that way. (laughs) It's not, it's not, and, like, you know, obviously to each their own. I mean, like, when you're talking about, like, agreeing with people who are like, yeah, fuck gay marriage, fuck black people, for and I don't know if that's necessarily up for discussion of being agreed to disagree.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you're kind of a dick. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Talking mm. about racial things, here's an interesting mm. one. Um, I feel like the Asian experience is a little different. It's kind of just we're all here, so throwaway culture. Uh, not exactly. Like for me, I don't know if I've ever said my mix. My mix is Mexican and Filipino. So funny thing about Mexicans and Filipinos are they got f. I got f from both sides by the Spaniards, basically, uh, <laughs> because the Spaniards uh, they went down to Mexico and they also went over to the Philippines and basically colonized both, sort of. Mm-hmm. So. There, there is a chance I just have way more European blood than those two things. There's a chance of that. But uh, so for the Filipino side, it very much was we're in America now. So we are gonna do American things. We're Americans. But there was still uh, like the older generation. They still met up at parks and had dances and just cultural stuff. So there were still things like that mm-hmm. uh, for the Mexican side as well. Mexicans, in america it's been like this for a lot longer than how filipinos have been like filipinos came after world war ii mm. uh because they helped in world war ii so they came over and they embraced american culture and everything so I- i'm like i'm third generation
2: mm. uh
0: for the japanese it was different because i had some japanese friends for them uh their culture was completely thrown away the, the reason for that was the internment camps uh, their parents and their grandparents, after the internment camps happened, it was so, it's just a different experience, because the, the Filipinos were on the side of the of the Allies, Well, Japan, of course, was in the Axis. So when they got interned and everything, they lost their property and stuff, they threw away their culture, they threw away, so they didn't teach their kids Japanese or anything about Japanese culture. This is what I got from just Japanese friends and, and coworkers, is their parents didn't teach them anything about Japan like the internment camps completely scared the culture out of them is my understanding. So just, uh, the Asian side of things is, is, is different. Well, it's also younger besides I would say Chinese cause the Chinese have been part of America a lot longer when I mean, you have like the trains and you know, San Francisco and, and things like that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure you guys discussed it, but I know, um, with marina me and her have talked about um how it's very um it's very weird being asian american mixed um yeah in her case she's not japanese she's chinese mm-hmm. um however i know that her from her uh word that she has talked about how her family adopts to the um the model minority myth a lot
2: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
1: where basically for those who don't know uh, model and minority myth is where, like, you basically adapt to the la- white culture to be more accepting of them in order to just like, you just assimilate, like, to white people culture basically, just to not like get like radicalized or like, you know, not treated <laughs> like a human being because that's apparently what happens when you don't act white. Yeah. Um, it's like, um I I definitely agree with that because um of what Marina told me and I know with my family um we are very prominent of black culture um for I mean many various reasons but um obvious just because we're proud of our heritage and like you know what we've been through as people mm-hmm. um a lot of my family is very is pretty successful um with themselves like my grandfather uh Coach Fleming, he was, uh, I'm okay was saying his name because you'll know why in a second. Um, he played for the Rose Bowl and for the Washington Huskies
2: huh.
1: uh, twice in the 60s. Wow. Um, he even has his own banner at the school that I go to <laughs> um, <laughs> at the stadium. Wow. Um, and uh, my, my mom, or not only that, but uh, with my grandpa, but he was also um, part of Washington Senate for a couple of years too. Mm. Um, he he was hard working man. Uh, <laughs> um, unfortunately now though he has dementia and mm. it's been very hard to deal with just because like anyone who has dementia well who has had a family member with dementia knows just how like you know, d- literally deteriorating it is and how like you, you just see your family member like lose their self literally. And it's it's really sad because like lately visiting him you know he's become more soft-spoken and become like <clears throat> he's just had a hard time um, mm. speaking, and it's just it's saddening um, to say the very least. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from that, um, my grandmother was also a very affluent teacher. Um, she taught a lot in public schools, and uh, my grand or my auntie she works not only as she's worked not only as a lawyer for T-Mobile, but she's also working at Microsoft um, now. Um, so we don't, we take pride, um, in our culture for those reasons, because, like, we carry that, like, as an achievement that, like, you know, you can do this, like, no matter what your identity is, um, um, we do, I do feel like some of that gets to, like, I don't to call them out, sorry to hear anybody, if you, any of you find us and listen, <laughs> um, I don't think they will, I doubt it, um, <laughs> uh it gets a little to the head sometimes like not it's not a bad thing but um i do think that like using like your blackness um as like i don't know what i'm trying to say here i'm sorry i'm like the my it's, it's just hard, it's hard to say because like they're very affluent people and i feel like that more comes in hand with um their affluentialness because like well obviously mm-hmm. because like when you when you've made it you know you're proud of that and all that you are very like you want to like show your the world your success but like when it comes to like family and everything and all that you know like and becoming understanding like values and everything that gets in the way sometimes um like uh my um my cousin's on my uh auntie's side. She um, they also have uh, ADHD, and you know my um my cousin he has like he's been struggling with it a little bit. And my auntie doesn't really necessarily understand it, and sometimes will get frustrated about it. Mm. Um, and like I think that's also a thing that's not discussed as much, like when it comes to mental health, that like. It's not really, like, it's not a thing that was imagined in, um, you know, people of color. And um, I remember, like, literally just yesterday, discovering that the um, creator of the Myers-Briggs test uh, wrote about how, wrote about a family who was black who was shamed being black or something like that. And that upset me because, like, Hmm. you know, I know all my professors were just like, so Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs this, Myers-Briggs that. And it's like how much of like all of this is rooted in racism too because it's like not only does that affect like you know, scientists and people who like psychologists who all so like study this stuff but um, it affects you know, people of color too. Like it's not talked about. It's not like A center of topic too and I think that's also um and that's where I think like the um the tides kind of change in that kind of agreement with my family because um which is I guess what I was trying to say earlier because you know black culture isn't necessarily still confident with accepting um only mental health but like LGBTQ Topics and everything too, like yeah. I'm obviously not a spokesperson, or not the only spokesperson for this, and shouldn't be the only exp- spokesperson for this. Um, but I mean, like, it, it's still a very taboo topic, and it shouldn't be because, like, if this is supposed to be a more globalized thing, then these topics also need to happen in these groups too. <clears throat> well,
0: it's it's an interesting thing. Uh speaking from the outside on this one of course uh but seeing it then doing some seeing some analysis on it uh like i'll say black community i'll go with black community yeah, uh that's fine. very uh there's there's a lot of like a, a baptist a baptist starting for a lot of them and mm-hmm. it's despite voting overwhelmingly democrat there it's a very uh conservative community because of, like, Baptists and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I it's interesting kind
0: of, how that
1: works. When I was a uh, uh, 12, I believe, I was baptized and everything, so mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, there was actually an interesting read we talked about last um, quarter. I keep referring to last quarter. <laughs> um, sorry, Babe, um, But I forgot what it was called. Um, but it was centered around how um, homosexual Black men would um, this thing i think it was called the down low oh, okay um, yep
2: all right
1: <laughs> is that correct okay yeah. yeah yeah
0: i know this okay
1: yeah and how like that would be you know the way they would hide their um you know their sexuality hmm. and you know once this got out more like when that one guy came on to oprah uh, i forgot his name but he did think we all know when that one thing <laughs> um Uh, and address the AIDS epidemic and everything and how, you know, your husband may be gay and you may not, and have AIDS, you may not know it. And that just, like, made a huge turnaround for the Black community in terms of that, because, like, it just created this internalized hate that not only was focused on, like, you know, gay and LGBTQ, but, like, with, um, you know, like, with just basic men and women, too. Like, just men or women were being disrespected disrespected but they were also disrespecting their men and it was all internalized hate that came from a generalized um westernized theory because like just because AIDS was booming at the time mm. um and it's like I feel like it's kind of like what the war of drugs has done to like now like that's kind of like the mirror of what the down low has done for the black community in terms of like feminization you know gay rights and all that stuff mm-hmm. because like it's just like in, an internalized idea of what we think is this community when it comes to these topics like with the war on drugs it's like thinking that everybody who like raps or like seems dangerous or like does drugs and everything is going to Need to be incarcerated. Um, I'm actually taking a course right now, and um, uh, it's called um, a rap. and Let me take a look. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> something with rap. Rap music, identity, and culture. Okay. Um, and we've talked about a lot of like how rap artists and the specifically Black artists, um, how they've been incarcerated just for, like, their lyrics, like, just for, like, their songs that they write about, because of, like, you know, like, everybody knows that, like, rap does have darker undertones in their lyrics, and it's, like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's true, but that doesn't mean like, when you reflect on, like, stuff like the art versus the artist, that doesn't mean that this artist, like, goes with those, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, morals. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a lot of the times, uh, the roots of those came from being written about like escapism, like because of when the where the origins of like rap and hip hop originated, um, because they came up from like upstate New York and everything, um, that area. And at the time in the '70s, um, those areas were being severely defunded, and so a lot of those areas neighborhoods, especially with like migrants, not only just like Black people, but like Asian Americans and uh, Jewish people were poverty <clears throat> and so hmm. not only that but like programs were especially defunded like social services and like security and all that they were you know non-existent and so that's why quote unquote those areas are more dangerous but it's not that they're more dangerous is that there's less protection there hmm. <clears throat> and that rule still applies today it's like when people talk about like oh the hood and everything like it's not the hood. It's just less protected. <laughs> like, please stop saying that.
0: One thing with myers Bricks mm-hmm. uh, part of it, this becomes a kind of a, there is some, it, it's a hard thing to do, but there is trying to separate the artist from the art sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like there's morality to it. And there's also, but it's worth analyzing to see whether it really is, uh, it does have a racial tinge to it but if there is still worth to it then it should still be maintained even if the creator is not great mm-hmm. uh, there because there is a push uh by some not not a lot but by some that they feel like some of the scientific method like the scientific method should be done away with and we should do something different because mm-hmm. it came out of like the enlightenment pyramid which was you know a bunch of racist white dudes Mm-hmm. But the scientific method is is gold. It's solid. Why would you just cause do that?
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, um, knowing with what I've worked with in research psychology, um, I mean, just like in science uh, alone, I feel like this is like a type of method that when even if it was theorized by different people, it would boil to the same thing. Mm. Just because, like, philosophically, that's a lot of the reason. And like a lot of the formation that we make when it comes to like asking questions and like formulating ideas, like literally just if, then, because. Um, I do think it's important to know like the roots of um, everything. Like, I do think it's important to know that like, you know, and like in your example, you know, since this came from enlightenment, that was also a time where it was more westernized, colonialization was happening. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, however, like that goes to say with that, just because that happened doesn't mean we should eradicate it because that happened. Um, I think a lot of people um, who get mad at things that were built off, either built either around or on racism or like sensitive topics, um, think that eradication is a good thing. Um, and to some degrees, it is. But eradication also eliminates the history behind it mm. and i always think about that one time when warner brothers uh displayed a lot of their older cartoons but they had a slide card in front of it um saying that these kids or these cartoons were made at the time period where this was thought and deemed as okay and you know we we're not we were displaying this To assure you not that these are okay still, but at the time that they were, and that they are no longer considered okay. Um, And I think that's important to note when it comes to, like, erasure of, you know, roots, because if we didn't know about, you know, history, like, if we don't focus on it, then we're doomed to repeat it.
2: Mm. So, um,
1: if it's, like, if it's not taught, and if it's not, like, Critiqued or um, you know worked on and everything. Obviously, it's going to happen again. Yeah. Um, so that's where I fall on that kind of thing.
0: That that is something I find, but uh, I don't agree with from the left side of things. Is yeah, er- eradication. They're all about just get rid of it all. Mm-hmm. And well, then we don't know it existed. Then we will repeat because history. Yeah, can be quite deterministic. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because I think, I think Disney's doing the same thing where they are, here's a bump, like, for, like, Dumbo. They were like, here's a, just let you know, there's some racist-ass birds in this thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I think, like, Fantasia also has a,
2: mm-hmm.
0: has that character. And so yeah. they're like, yeah, just, there's some things here. I don't know if they did that to, they might have done it to Princess and the Frog, but I'm not sure, I'd have to check.
1: I think Princess and Frog was fine because I don't think there was any uh, like racial t- caricatures. I think uh, Princess and the Frog was made early enough for those to not be as mm-hmm. existent. Um, I wonder. At uh, time, I wonder about, about that God. just
0: because like corporate because the the tone deaf thing that was done like not Disney but uh, the tone deaf thing that was done was getting rid of Gone Gone with the Wind. Like no one was watching that anyway for the most part. Mm-hmm. but you could have you i think yeah putting it like this is a part of history just putting a bump here is like doesn't just having it doesn't mean we endorse it kind of thing i think is a better way to put it mm-hmm. i'll do another sign scienti-
1: to I- oh I, I was just gonna say i actually never seen the one so Same. i don't really know what what it's about
0: <laughs> oh it's it's uh it's like slavery times and it's kind of
2: oh uh, i see
0: like there's a mammy character mm-hmm. and let's see how does it put it uh I don't, I don't think it just, I think she's like the nice slave owner. or something like, I can't remember anymore because I've not seen it either. I just remember people tell me about it. Like, mm-hmm. people just don't watch that movie anymore.
1: Yeah. Like there's more, there's new media to be consumed. Mm-hmm. So
0: like another example of this is the science community had to make a choice after world mm-hmm. war II. So I won't go into detail, but the Nazis did some effed up stuff to the Jews in the mm-hmm. name of science. They did some things. Mm-hmm. very horrible things and the scientist community question was do we seal this or do we use it that was the question and at the end of the day they decided we'll use it because it gives uh, meaning to the lives that were lost
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah exactly. it was it was a lot of pain studies I'll we'll go that far with it uh, and so we learned a lot about pain tolerance and so it was extremely helpful
2: mm-hmm
0: uh, it it would have been a it would have been bad for us in general. I think just in some science, if we just sealed that stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, because like it just like again, it just reflects history and like you know, if it weren't like we would just suspect that for it to not have happened, if it was you know eradicated, therefore you know, who knows how we would have repeated it. Mm. Um. Like I remember there is also I think it was done at the same time I'm not quite sure but there was another um uh scientist who did the same things on um uh black people more specifically black women because they operated on them without anesthesia Ooh. uh because they believed they wouldn't feel as much or and get all any pain at all um which wow. was obviously untrue
0: Wow um
1: yeah it's um <sighs> I believe there was a statue of him somewhere. I don't remember <laughs> where. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it's New York. I'm not mm. certain on that, but yeah. Another um interesting thing kind of related to that that I just recently learned is how um uh so in your liver, you have a certain like pH level, I believe, or Ooh. something of the sort that is like determines how well your liver is. And I forgot how this was determined, but in the older days with black people, it was determined that there was a certain like numeric division that applied to that pH level with black people in their liver. And so that would affect greatly like, and still does to this day for some reason, how like liver transplants would work, how like um, just anything related to the liver like health with a liver would be handled with black people. Like and it was the, the number was so significant that like it would make like even an intolerant amount of pain um seem like nothing when you multiplied it with this factor. And so it made it like nearly impossible for um black people to get liver transplants and ultimately a lot of them would die.
2: Wow. So
1: and it's still like a common factor i think like i literally got this factoid from like tiktok um <laughs> oh, so it's 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 really like like kind of resuming what we are connecting what we talked about earlier with like reform versus abolish it's like a lot of these things like so many of these things are rooted like with beliefs that would just that aren't that don't matter or never mattered in the first place anymore. So hmm. it's a lot.
0: Or it's just, they don't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Like oh. they don't.
0: It's just hor- That's uh, horrifying. Honestly, just ugh.
1: It's very horrifying. And it's like, you know, like, my mom has like, you know, pushed for um, my mom and also some other members of my family have suggested to into the medical field since you're going to be studying psychology and I'm like uh no
2: um
1: <laughs> one for one thing because I get I do get squeamish mm-hmm. uh to some degrees but um another thing is just because like I, like even though I would love to like I do think it's important um that there's more like black doctors and just people of color doctors um it it just it's not something that I would want to put up with. Um yeah. Like for myself. Like it it's a very selfish thing, but I mean like that's just how I would prefer it to be with me. Um because I even though I do agree with that factor, I also agree that there's needs to be more black people in other like careers in general like in in psychology um in, uh animation and in like and basically all the careers that I've been kind of like discussing
0: oh for sure uh like with with any of them uh that's that's an annoying thing uh with everything's just white <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what what's also weird is let's, let's go back to animation um mm-hmm. when people draw black characters and people are like well, what's with this what are you doing uh, uh doing they'll be like why are you drawing black characters and it's like uh, I- i'm drawing what i want to see <laughs> it's like it's like you, you got to make the change you want to see so you got to draw characters but like people will just be mad you're making black characters and of like white characters like well,
2: come on my
1: favorite response is when people would like take um you know, a lot bla- like a random black character that probably everybody will know of, and be like, okay, well, what if I drew this character white? How would you feel about that? And it's just like, well, first of all, that's racist because mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, black blackness is like an identity that is meant to like that hasn't been represented. Like, for people don't that don't get why like people draw like their favorite characters darker or black or in a different race. You know, it's because they were lit, like, they didn't see that representation of them. Mm. And they just wanted to reimagine it on um, if it was, you know, in their culture. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to reimagine something like one of the millions of white guys or white chicks that, uh, among millions of other characters that are out there, wanting to see one of them black for like 10 seconds. Like, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. I would like to assure everybody that your old, your your favorite old favorite character is still there. They're still white. You don't have to raise a fuss over it.
0: <laughs> uh, well, like in media, like uh, that's the reason why S- Spider Man has been such a a big character in the black community is he's wearing a mask. Anyone can be Spider Man, mm-hmm. and because that's what I've always known from my black friends. are like, yeah, they love Spider Man because they can dress up as a superhero. They, mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about race with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it gets into a weird space with people where they're like, if you're not the right skin color, it's like, are you kidding me? If you're doing... Yeah. The, the number of white people doing Japanese characters because anime. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, come on. Come on. Just let people be what they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Arts... There's there's a lot of weirdness in when it comes to art. And especially with just coloring. Like, of oh, <laughs> play pokemon with nessa
1: uh, i was going to mention that
0: so much chaos when it came to nessa i just uh.
1: it's like and it just like shows that like it's not even about like people who want to like see more diversification it's just about the system itself like it's just, just about you know you know the racism that's even rooted in the art community and like in the design community because in reality you know there's not that many like game freak I was top tier with the designs for this Pokemon game. Like, there was a lot of dark characters. And I think that was a really good thing and a really good feature. Um, And just like how people turned that into like a joke and like not only Westerners, but Easterners too. Like, I, that's something I'd also like to talk about and how like there were certain Eastern artists like that were, were also drawing Nessa White to like. Troll or whatever in everything in reality, ooh. there's a big colorist, <clears throat> colorist issue there too.
0: Oh, yeah. If we think the West is racist, woohoo the East is extremely racist as well. Uh, you can just take India. Like, the whiter your skin, the more pure you are to them, which is so weird.
1: Mm mm-hmm. My, um, uh, one of my f- roommates for my first year of college, she went to, Korea. she would travel a lot and she would go to like South Korea a
2: lot.
1: Mm. Um, and she's in particular. She is Asian. I forgot what uh, what her ethnicity is specifically. Um, I believe <laughs> I'm not certain. Um, but what food but
0: did she, she was... eat? That could tell you some clue. Kimchi. Okay, so she relics Korean stuff. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah, like I. She she's... had a huge jar of kimchi. So she's she had Korea boo then. I wouldn't say she's a Korea boo because she wasn't like obsessed with it, but, but um, she just likes Korean. Okay, yeah, but um, she would travel a lot to like Malaysia, Thailand, uh, Korea, and like when she would go to Korea, though, like you know, she's particularly dark Asian. She's she has a particularly dark darker skin for um and um. Her Filipino you know, is
0: usually she, one of the darker skinned
1: ones. Yeah, that's why I think she was Filipino. Mm. I'm still not. I I, I just can't remember. <laughs> Um, but like, yeah. So she would, when she would travel there, though, she would like get she would get like people from there like looking at her skin weirdly, or like even be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, your skin's so dark; it's so da-, like just fetishization, and everything basically of it." And it's like people think that that's just like, um, you know, just just a Western issue. No, it is. It, it's a global issue. I assure you, it's. It's not just us, yeah. um, uh,
0: Korea is weird in that they have a very strong uh what's the word here a uh, plastic surgery culture
2: mm-hmm. like
0: it's if you if you haven't had any work done, then you're not normal. it's so weird
1: mm-hmm. like i um I know some of this because of steph actually um because mm. um she um well, for one thing, I know like everybody who knows her knows that she loves K pop, but um, <laughs> Got her own you know, <laughs>
2: um,
1: but she also just like she's you know talked about how like you know how K pop can all, is like more so used as like a marketing tool, um, hmm. because of like and like with that, it's like they're, um, uh, like the pop stars that are there are usually fair skinned and like, um, you know, they do have, like, work done, or, like, they have makeup artists and everything, and, like, as far as I know, there hasn't really been any, like, blue, pretend- like, um specifically, like, darker-skinned um, K-pop or c- celebrities um that I've noticed. Um, but, I mean, that goes to show that that's still more specifically focused on, like, fair skin. Um, but, yeah. Um, even with this, this quarter, there was a, a documentary we watched called The Illusionist where um, they talked about how with body appearance, um, it, like you said, how in places like India and like so, some Eastern uh, Asian cultures where wa- skin whitening is like favorable.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a billion dollar business in, in India itself. Mm hmm. It is, uh, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. Uh, well, whereas, uh, well, China, well, China and Japan are both very, if you're not one of us, you ain't much. As, as progressive as we want, as we want to think Japan is, Japan is, a very conservative. Extremely conservative.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's unfortunate. We, we just all really like anime. That's our problem. <laughs> uh... Moving over to... um, I don't know if I want to ask this. Okay, so... How much into gaming are you?
1: I'd say, like, I'm a fair middle ground. Like, I've... When I uh, got that Xbox that I told you about uh, in, like, when I was, like, six or seven, um, you know, we had a lot of time playing it. Like, um, ask Marina. We... She would always come over. (laughs) She and our friends would come over to my place... We play Left 4 Dead all day. Nice. Um, we play Sonic games and like other game, like I forgot maybe like Portal or something like that. Um, we were definitely playing a lot of those back in the day. Um, so I'd say I'd say like a good chunk of my life has been devoted to gaming. So yeah, I'd say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm like the most knowledgeable person with gaming. Mm. Like obviously, I don't really pay attention to most like big title games or like. Um, you know, most of the time, like, I usually pick up something after the hype's died down for it. Okay. Um, like, that's just the, been the thing I noticed, um, with myself in particular. But, um, you know I'd, I'd say it's, I'd say it's a good part of my life. It's a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, you were, uh, really into Splatoon at the time when it came out, wasn't it? Oh.
1: Yes, I was, um, that's when I first just got my Switch, um. And I like, I would not stop playing. It was really fun. Um, <laughs> I still think it's fun. I haven't played it in well, a little bit, and I know that there's supposed to be like another spy Fest coming up, so I might take up on that. <laughs> but yeah, lately I've been, um, lately I've been playing actually the new uh, Pokemon game. Um, it was what I was playing right before this. <laughs> um, a little bit of Animal Crossing, not as much as when the hype was, but. Uh, oh
0: so and so but yeah okay I do not ask this question I- i'll ask you sure why is the sonic community so crazy
1: <sighs> <laughs> i had a feeling it was that yeah i don't think it's look i it's it's a really complicated question mm-hmm. um part of it is because i've had experience with it because Either I was someone who caused drama or was involved with it. Um, because I will not, like, cut corners around it. I did. Like, I was a bit of a little smart ass when I was first into it. Hmm. Um, part of that, I feel like, is blamed by my undiagnosed ADHD. Um, but other part was just because I was a little smart ass. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I have a feeling it just happens to do with. Um, just like communication. Um, with a lot of fandoms. And like. Issues. And it comes to this. Um, like when it comes to like. Issues of like drama. Like character design stealing. Or like. Who dislikes who. And all that stuff. Um, it, it, it all like. When it boils down to. It comes to communication. And I'm Very. I can say with confidence that I feel like that's something I've gotten better with because of reflecting from my past. Like something to remember that is important for anybody to take in is that your mistakes aren't worth it as long as you rem- like learn from them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um your like your mistakes I'm trying to make sure I worded that correctly. Oh, your mistakes are worth it as long as you learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's important because, um, a lot of the stuff that I was involved with, um, warning wording for, um, somewhat self- sexual assault, I won't get into it, into it, but, like, it it, it consists with that. Um, a lot of that consisted of, like, confusion with myself and, like, manipulation, and gaslighting, of course, um from the perpetrator and also just like lack of communication from like other people. Like I didn't tell people exactly what happened with me until like, like now, like probably um, this year was the most open I've been able to been about it. And I still get like shaky about it, but um, Mm -hmm. like when it comes to, like, people having arguments and everything and, like, out posts and everything like that, it's, like, you shouldn't... Like, I do agree that, like, you know, call-out culture is... Like, I do think that certain degrees of call-out culture are important because it recognizes people who are doing wrong by either, like, being abusive, being mean, being, you know, predators or whatever bad things that they're doing. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of that is confusing used with the people who are involved because they were involved and that like is where the communication diverges and so when we talk about the sonic community um a lot of the um incidents that i've been involved with when i look back at them they do involve that divergence of communication because a lot of them could have been solved if things were communicated better and um you know obviously you know that can't be redone now like whatever happens happens Mm. but in general for like fandoms and like in general to want to like cooperate better and like you know resonate with each other better there needs to be more like communication there needs to be more like humanitarianism with each other because if we keep like just trying to like hear things because like Not gonna lie, there's like a lot of people in these fandoms, not just solely Sonic, like quite a few in Sonic, but not just it, that have like adults that act like they're still in high school, and I think the Mm. reason, and like while that that is a bad thing that shouldn't be that um shouldn't be ignored, I think the reason for that is because like they never got this kind of satisfaction or like you know unity or like just acceptance in general of being in the community like they did in high school because a lot of the time kids like these were bullied and like with these interests were you made fun of, they were isolated, they had mental health issues or they had like family problems or something like that. I'm just pulling straws here. And like, <laughs> maybe some people didn't, but you know, a lot of the people that I encountered with these issues have had those issues or had these problems like at some point in their lives. And kind of referring to what I was talking about earlier, you know, that's why I think it's important to have these, like, mental disu- health discussions, you know, more localized and more, like, you know, talked about. Because if they're not, then, you know, again, it's not it's going to lead to a misunderstanding of each other, therefore lack of communication, and therefore, you know, more of this drama. So that's where um, I think I feel about like why is it so crazy um because not gonna lie there is also just people who don't want to change and that's more of their egotistical um standards
2: Mm, too
1: and like that is where it comes to a problem because if you're thinking that there's nothing wrong with yourself then you know that's the problem in itself you think that there's nothing wrong with yourself and with certain degrees obviously that's true but like when you're the center of a problem, or like involved in that, in a general thing, you need to think more of like, you know, how you're not bad or how you're not good. Like thinking of the, those just like, like binary structures in like a situation like that is not good. It's not healthy because, again, it just sets binaries to bad and good. Mm. What you need to think about is being constructive and. You know, more like, more more intersectional with like who's involved, what's happening, what's being discussed, and you know why is it happening and all that.
0: I I wonder if uh, branching off a little bit, um, because it makes me think about it. If uh, so, well, social media has done some good, but also bad. But I wonder how much it has aggressively utilized um, individualism but also us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder... I... Oh, go ahead. Is, is it good at the end of the day? <laughs> social media? So, like,
1: social media is good but the way we've, like... The way the media like, and like, portrayed it and, like, made it, like, localized is bad. Mm. Because, like, I think Twitter definitely is one of those incidents where, like, it's purposely made this way for like it to be like this, because if it wasn't, then it probably wouldn't be used to the degree that the developers would want it to. Or And like, it, ironically, like, again, when it boils down to, it just involves about like money and like stocks. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the things that people do on like these websites are you know can are influenced from external things like money or like motivations and like stuff like that like sometimes it's not even conventional just like because they felt like it um and so we are human human beings are very social creatures like we it's in our blood it's in like you know our like makeup um we um you know we can't really survive without social interaction uh, whether that is physical or, you know, in this case, on the internet. Yeah. So, when it comes to, like, if we caused this or if we didn't, we didn't directly cause it, but we were influenced by it, I'd say. Mm. Like, because we became, like, so normalized with, like, allowing, like, he said, she said stuff or, like, something like that to a degree where, like, you know, call out posts and stuff like that that are actually focused on like you know, awareness of like a certain person and their behavior seem like drama. And that's why people like say call-out culture is bad because um it originated technically from uh you know from this kind of thing but you know, it just evolves into something else.
0: Yeah, I I think uh, when it comes to call culture, the problem is people suck. So yeah. there are there are times when the call-out is 100% justifiable.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: it was the right thing when it happened uh, with that. It was right when it happened with Smash. It was just... Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that Smash one was nuts. But when it happens, it it happens because something finally boiled over there was mm-hmm. finally enough that it finally came out like held the whole just the me too movement was a lot of canceling because these were really bad dudes who should be canceled mm-hmm. but then it's also sometimes call outs are are wielded like a cudgel and just used as a weapon instead of that and that's because people suck they they're using it not for what it for not for the good it can do, but just for the destruction it can do, which is very unfortunate.
2: Mm.
0: Like, because it could be like, I just disagree with this person, so I want to cancel them, which is not great. When it when it gets petty, it becomes it just cheapens what it can do. Mm. Instead of you know taking down people who really should get taken down for like Weinstein mm. should have been taken down, uh, the abusers in the Smash community. Thankfully, yeah, They've come to light, so that's good. Just things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are the correct way for call-out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just happy that Accurate. the Kirby community has nothing like this.
1: <laughs> God, I would be like <laughs> if anything happened to the Kirby community. Like just uh
0: it, It's a very I, protective community because it is a very childlike yeah. c- because Kirby's a child, so it's a lot of the older adults are very protective, the younger ones. Or they're like, yeah, just make sure you don't share certain information, this and that. Like. Because I think it's seeing what other communities have done, the Kirby community tries to protect itself. Yeah. Because it would really be so it would really hurt if something, some scandal came out of the Kirby community. It's the same thing with more aggressively, the Animal Crossing community is way more aggressive about being nice. If people yeah. are mean, they get piled on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't like a lot. What I've noticed, like it was crazy, like the first couple months after um, uh, Horizons got released out, because people were like, make, like bullying about like certain animal like villagers being ugly, and like certain like people would like get off at of that. People were like, I remember one time when I was like kind of invested in turnips, and there was that turnip exchange website, mm-hmm. and I went to someone's island for that, and they um and they were actually scamming. And so I was just like, wow. oh, okay. Thank fuck your... Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but, like, there was also, like, people, like, mad about, like, um, people copying designs or, like, um, you know, having islands that look too similar to theirs. And I think a lot of that has to do with... Um, and, like, that kind of, like, can be related to... Um, the art community and, like, other yeah. fandoms that, like, are focused on, like, art, like, in the sense, the Sonic community because, um, because, like, t- people take pride in what they make and they don't want, like, they don't want to be outdone by something that looks that- or is the same as theirs and, like, in one regard, you know, that's totally understandable but in the other regard, it's, like, you know, it's it it's, it's just to-, to have fun and, like, in a more professional sense, when people, like, you know, take your idea for credit, you know, obviously that should be, like, no. Yeah. This is my design. Get away. <laughs> um, oh, excuse me. Um, but, like, when it comes to, like, the Animal Crossing community, it's like, hey, you have work brick that looks like mine. I'm going to fight you for it. <laughs> um because like it that that one you're definitely much more limited to um creations, I'd say,
0: yeah, uh it's weird, okay, art has some weirdness like there's only so many colors and combinations you can do with some things, and just there's gonna be overlap, definitely yeah, it's gonna happen i like it's weird like o c s Let's just go with just just moby and OCs. Like, there, there's only so many animals you can do. There's only so many colors you can do. Eventually, someone's gonna have the same thing, I figure. And
1: with like, I, don't um, I do agree that like with the idea that like, um, you know, what's the term? Uh, I just had it in my mind. Slipped. Uh, you know, the the rule of like inspiration. Like, eventually, or like uh, limited creativity. Like, eventually, someone has the same idea as you. Um, because like, you know, I agree, like most ideas, like when it comes to, uh, like fandom or like an idea that's really finite, you know, you're going to like, you are going to have those like kind of run-ins and like, it's only natural. Um, but, um, there has been like, obviously if you're like going to like take something that like looks very similar, like if anything, like a copy, that's should be um, oh, course. yeah yeah but there's been like um like what was I gonna say <laughs> <laughs> um there okay now I remember there's like been discourse about like more specifically in just art in general of like people like copying styles or like making styles look the same. It's like listen, there's gonna be people who are influenced by you and like while I do somewhat agree, disagree with the phrase imitation is a form of flattery. You know, like again, there's like certain boundaries you can push with that. Um because in the end, like it's art. Like art is like I I, I think that like art in itself can be um infinite because there's so many levels that you can get with mm-hmm. with it. Um and that like people who uh um, Sorry, I just saw a funny tweet. Uh, <laughs> um, People who, like, make a big deal about people who have similar styles. Like, I, I feel like that should be, like, that shouldn't happen. Or, like, not that it shouldn't happen, but, like, it shouldn't be as made up as a big deal as it is, because I agree, like, it, it, it comes to that whole spite thing. Like, you want to, like, be proud of your creation. You want to, like, see it do good, and, like, be good with it but at the same time it's like you know again people have so many you know options dude like one of the rules about art is to break them so <laughs> most people who have like been inspired by people and their styles go take that and break it anyways at least what i've seen yeah or and also in like my, my experience cuz like there's definitely with my style there's definitely been like many different artists that I've been inspired by and try to like emulate from their like styles. But like, I also try to like make myself look or make my stuff look, you know, like its own thing because I want to have like um, my own distinct kind of recognizable uh,
2: hmm. thing.
1: And obviously, like, you know, there's definitely going to be styles that look similar. Like, it's because I'm influenced by those styles that look similar. So there's no working around that, That all just happen. But, um, you know, it's just breaking the rules and all that stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: like, look, no person is an Island. Everyone's seen mm-hmm. drawings their whole life. So uh, that's going to influence them in some one way or shape or form. And just, yeah, there's going to, I, mm, to, to, the, <laughs> to the little degrees. Yeah. There's, everyone's got a different style, but there's going to be a lot of overlap as well. Hell, not all the manga in the world got drawn by one dude. Uh, Yeah, like a lot of people get really good at a specific style. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got you, dude. Yeah, you just you you find your style, or other people like you. It's like you said, oh, that looks really cool, and then you just try to make it yourself because you, and then that influences how you draw. Yeah, and that's that's you growing. Like just you're just growing into whatever you're growing into.
2: Yeah,
0: it'd be like I don't know, just. Same thing with music, just saying, like, there's only so many ways you could play a chord. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I I think as our age goes, it's more just what has influenced us, if we can actually identify it. Mm-hmm. Like, noting that or just, well, things have, no- have just, everything we've done is just uh, a combination of a bunch of things we've seen and learned and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah,
1: Definitely.
0: It's it's not the exact one to one, but just that's why saying like art commissions or prices, that's why they get bigger and bigger with time. It's like, oh, you're not paying for like the hours, you're also paying for the years. Mm-hmm. It's like I think it was uh, it was Van Gogh or it might be another guy where he took like a year or two years to draw a cat or a duck, mm-hmm. and then it it's finally drawn. It's like it, it wasn't they weren't just paying for like the hour it took to draw it, they're paying for like the years it took to draw them. Mm-hmm. or I remember there was a commission and they're like, well, how much does this cost? I'm like, why does it cost? And she's like, it, you're paying for my entire life. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: My entire life is yeah. this uh, painting right here.
1: Takes me back to the DeviantArt days when I was just like getting familiar with um commissions and like what those were. And I was just like, I can get paid for doing art. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, But like li- really early on, my prices were like, It was like also dealt with the point system that it had. Mm. Um they were like technically twenty five cents. It was so crazy to look back at. And meanwhile, like I've been like considering um reopening commissionings uh since the um for one thing, the um the unemployment benefits are over and um (laughs) not gonna lie, I don't really feel confident going out in the world and working right now. Yeah. Um But, uh, and also, um, just because I want to work on more examples, uh, for, like, portfolio reasons and, just like, you know, in general. Um, but I'm considering revamping my prices to, like, probably around a higher range. Like, I feel nervous doing so because I know, like, with a fandom standard, um, most people don't have that much. And especially with a time like this where, you know financial crisis basically everywhere Ooh. i know that's like you know it's very like hard to have funds and all that but at the same time i'm also in need of funds <laughs> and like it's selfish to say because you know it is but it's also for my my you know living um <laughs> uh and like art again is a luxury like people don't remember it as it was but art is Technically supposed to be like a luxury, and you know I feel like referring back to TV and art that point system really screwed over with how people price things because of how it was made. Um, because if it wasn't like that, like I feel like a lot of people would be um, uh, pricing their stuff higher and like valuing their art more to that standard. Um, because like even though like people like even if people don't want to like um you know price it that high that doesn't make it that's that's still like like when you um for the people that do want to price it that high it's not fair to them when you say that someone else's prices aren't the same or cheaper and all that
2: mm-hmm. so it, yeah it
0: gets it gets really muddy when you start comparing artists commission prices and stuff like that it's it's a uh... Not a great not a great area. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, random oh, I'll make this about myself a moment. Somebody god. wanted to commission me and then the <gasps> yeah! virus hit. And then the virus oh, hit. No! <laughs> so like so now they don't oh. have money. I'm like, alright, well I I I was I just it it just blew me away when someone was willing to do it in the first place, though. I'm like, oh my god, somebody actually likes my art that much? Whoa. Well okay. that goes to
1: show that, you know, like you know no matter what your art is like okay i know this is a very like privileged (laughs) thing for me to say just because like i do have a like a little bit of a higher following count but like you know people will gravitate to art that they like and like Mm -hmm. people that they want to support um because ultimately like humans gravitate to wanting to do good to feel good and so when they uh, give to someone that they want to, you know, enjoy the luxury of their art of and also support, you know, like, it just feels good.
2: Hmm.
1: Like, Especially when it's someone, like, with this new age of so many independent creators, it's so good to, like, help and support each other just by, like, buying their luxuries and buying stuff that you would usually get at, like, a huge corporation, but instead can actually help, like, an individual person.
0: Yeah, it's it's a nice thing not having a middleman there and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's also just because I've seen it. I've seen a circle of artists basically pass the same hundred a- across each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ooh. that's the friend group right there. Yeah,
0: uh, it's ooh, like I've, the whole the whole thing of the virus. I just it, it's everyone should be don't don't want it necessarily, but everyone should be a little stressed out about just how the economy is doing right now. With,
1: yeah, great. and. I feel like everything is just gonna like no nothing nothing's gonna be the same after this. I can totally like guarantee that like nothing will feel the same, be the same, like even if nothing systemically like changes because our government is stupid, yeah there, nothing is going to feel the same. yeah, like, we are not going to say feel the same way about each other, about you know our government, about like everything because of. How many how universal this whole thing has impacted. It,
0: it's so hard to it's so hard to we won't know until we run into it, honestly, because we've seen the Emperor's clothes in so many things. Uh when because like the virus laid us bare. It mm. it showed us a lot of things like where can we get the money for this and that? And then we're just pumping money into these other things, like, ah right, well we actually we see that we could have had that money for these programs a long time ago. Because if mm-hmm. we need money, we can get it. We've definitely proven we can just get that money. And just the double standards of a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially the double standards of when it comes to how much money people have. Like, with school. The double standards mm-hmm. towards the people who can afford to have... Uh, who can afford to work and have their kids be watched. And those who can't afford that. Like, they have to choose between their job and their kid. And just,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Like, the big one was... Another one was just... Anyone working minimum wage can't afford rent anywhere in the country. Yep that that should be well okay. Why not we? Why can't we fix that? Why aren't we fixing that?
1: I think one of my favorite things that mm. has eru- Well, not favorite but like mm-hmm. my favorite ironic thing that has erupted from those discussions is how like people would like go after the p- type of people who. Go after the people who were like sign up for the unemployment benefits and be like, Why are they making fun making six hundred dollars or more a month or a week by just sitting at home? And it's like, well, you see, that would be the same amount that you would get if you had a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage job for working forty hours a week. But working forty hours a week is also in itself kind of a unrealistic standard because in reality, like People shouldn't have to work that much in order to, like, afford basic things like their housing or their food or their, you know, funding for their children and stuff like that. Because, it's like, you know, it's been proven that literally billionaires do that all the time. Yeah. And earn more. Like, Jeff Bezos is probably earning, like, he probably earned, like, an extra billion dollars within the duration of this whole podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's... A couple things. Uh, One is billionaires feel like the dragons of our age. Yeah. Uh, Another one is um, it's amazing, like, when it comes to politics, it's amazing how counter to self people are, in that Mm. a lot of the right is so anti-socialist, and yet the billionaires get a lot of socialist programs. Like, they get a lot of socialist treatment. It's really weird.
1: It's it's just...
0: Education. <laughs> yeah, and that in itself, that was a big thing for me. With all with BLM and ACAB and all that was, when they actually pointed out the budgets to the police and the the budgets to schooling, I'm like, that is a very big difference.
1: Yeah, like, it is astronomically different. I forgot. Yeah. Um, I believe, thankfully for for Seattle, um, specifically, they cut the funding in half for um, wow. uh, Seattle PD that was just recently announced. I believe that was announced a couple of days ago. Um, okay. but not only that, but they also announced that they will not, um, uh, allow police to handle like, um,
0: uh, infiltrations or... with,
1: um, oh, no. huh? I
0: thought it was gonna be wellness checks, but okay. Uh,
1: Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, <laughs> okay. but, uh, infer- interference with, uh, the homeless population. Oh, uh, because in particular, uh, Washington does have a pretty high um, homeless population, but it's mainly because of Mr. Amazon um, and how many, like, people, like, because his um, he made his business here up in Washington, um, how many, how, like, that raised the rents of everything because more people were coming to start working with Amazon, um, mm-hmm. which led, to, like, you know, again, an increase in rent and mortgage and, you know, just down payments and all that Therefore more homeless people uh, Than we had Like we Ooh. could You could afford like a two bedroom house Where I live or two bedroom house Two bedroom apartment uh, For like twelve hundred dollars Where I live uh, Like a couple years ago and now <sighs> it's like On average around Two K The average It's like
0: How is that wow, Twelve hundred uh, sounds amazing
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting that it's you live in California, so it's even like compared <laughs> to the rest of the world, we live in probably the most expensive places in the in the country. And, both of us.
0: Yeah. The funny thing with that is, like, I live in San Diego, and mm-hmm. I've gotten job offers in San Francisco. I'm like, oh hell no, those prices. Because um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can make 120k in San Francisco right now, and I ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> it ain't gonna do anything yeah. in that place. It is ridiculous.
1: Uh, it's just ugh.
0: Uh, it's, I, this is what came, like a theory came out and I'm actually curious if it will happen is, uh, the cat came out of the bag where a bunch of cat- business is like, yeah, we can do uh, satellite work because it's just an office job. You can work from home.
1: Yeah. So
0: the curiosity is if this gets normalized enough, we might have more like satellite towns. So that Mm. it would hopefully bring rent down because everything's more spread out instead of just everyone's just in the one big town.
1: Right. And, like, I think that's cool Um, because, like, like you said, like, that would help astronomically. And plus, it just helps, like, it makes a lot more sense. Like, if you can do your job at home, then what's the point of, like, offices being built and all that stuff when we can use that for building more, like, homeless shelters or just, like, homes in general?
0: It comes down to, um, I think, uh, people just don't trust people.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, like, I, and, you know, that's very reasonable because, like, I get that. But at the same time, it's, like, you know, if there's, like, been a boom of independent work, like, within yeah. the past five years, then I think you can trust people to work home with, like, the job that they already, like, commute to.
0: <laughs> Definitely true. Like, oh, God, commutes are just such a waste of life.
1: My mom, uh, she currently commutes to Seattle right now for um her work because they even though they've been making it kind of differently because of the whole outbreak um she like at the first part of this outbreak she was doing like some of this at home and i'm just like why don't they just make you stay home the whole time then (laughs) like if you guys can do all this at home then why don't they just keep you doing it there and like i understand that like with certain limitations that do connect to neurological aspects where people need help and, like, they can't do it on their own. Um, mm-hmm. That that do come in hand. But, like, who's to say that they can't just, like, increase the mobility for that help to, be, you know, initiate, too? Like,
0: I know there's also a social aspect to it, because we are social mm-hmm. creatures again. Like, um, Japan or South Korea, one of them, they did a test. They're like, all right, 500 people. Well, they had like a thousand people volunteer and they picked 500 of them mm-hmm. and they had them work from home and just to test how this would go. After a year of that, they asked, hey, if you want to stay at home, you can. Do you want to stay at home or do you want to come back to the office? And straight up, like 240 were like, I want to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So they found just down the line, they're like, all right, well, <laughs> some people wanted, some people don't.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, I can understand why that's, like, such a down-the-middle, like, experience, because, like, more people, it's just all is dependent on how people learn, too. Like, some people are yeah. better at, like, some, some people are natural-born learners, and some people do need that extra help. Um, so I get that. However, I think, like, but with, like, right now, I think that, like, that can be made easier for, like, people who aren't as, like, either asymptomatic uh have um immune, immunocompromised systems um for them to like you know go to the physical place while people who do uh stay home and all that work so they're not yeah. like feeling like deprived of their job or everything
0: it'd be it'd just be great in general uh a lot of these jobs just at home and well nothing to got laid bare is just who's more important right now uh when it comes to work is it the billionaires not really it's we're, we're relying on grocers, we're relying on truckers, relying on the lower paid people to keep things going. And it just makes me feel like, yeah, people should get paid more in general.
2: <laughs>
0: they just bring up again, just minimum wage can't afford rent anywhere. Are you kidding me? Bring that sucker it's, up then. Or bring the rent like down, one or the other.
1: I definitely feel like rent should be brought down because they're just mm-hmm. going to make the excuse that like every time minimum wage goes up, so does everything else. Good point. So it's definitely like I feel like because I know with a lot of the um, rest of the country, their minimum wages aren't average, like eight to ten dollars. Um, like here in Washington, the minimum wage is very high. Um, mm-hmm. In Seattle, it's fifteen dollars an hour. Um, where I am, it's thirteen fifty. Um, and even so, like you still have to work like oh, twelve here. A couple-
0: Huh? It's 12 here, I just checked.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. Uh. Even, oh, you're fine. Um, but even so, you still have to like work exponential amount of hours to even like pay rent down here. Like it's I've been like in particular looking at rent just because like I've been interested in possibly uh either getting a new com- apartment or in and now in this case possibly uh buying a townhome or something. Um and just it's insane. Like a lot of the places in downtown Seattle naturally are like close to a million dollars for houses and townhomes. Um, So I'm just like, maybe I'll, uh, (laughs) maybe I'll do, I'll save that down the road. Um, (laughs) But uh, with apartments, it's still like a painful average of like 2k for these apartments. It's like, it's insane. it's just like, why is this still a thing? Why is this a thing?
0: Yeah, like there's a lot of apartments that are they're basically house payments.
1: Yeah.
0: The only prompt the only reason why you can't do the house is because well, you gotta do that big down payment at the start is the problem. Exactly. And just not mean the rent, just so the frustration of landlords who want to kick people out right now. Are you kidding me? That's just cruelty. Yeah. They're not you're not gonna get anyone replacing them.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I think we've uh, covered a good amount. This has been an amazing podcast, in my opinion. I thought it was really great, And I'm sure we could talk even more. But we can save that for another time. If you want to come back, that yeah. is.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd love to, dude. Just tell me whatever, and I'll be <laughs> like, I'll talk about anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah.
1: well, Thank you for, again for having me on here.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll talk again in the future. Uh, so let's see here. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, if you want, I can link you uh, my um, links. Uh, I only have, like, two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but primarily my Twitter and my uh, Instagram. Um, but my Twitter is just underneath my same name, Smidgen. Uh, my Instagram is also, but there's just two underscores in the front and the back. So okay. I'll link you those.
0: And then there's your portfolio. Which, oh, yeah. It's, uh, that's I'll put that's that link. my...
1: Yay, thank you. <laughs>
0: put that link in the YouTube description. Uh, they can also find it on your Twitter, your portfolio, so that is there well. Go. Let's see here. Okay. Yep. All right. Good, 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 good. So, uh, heading out, is there anything you want to shout out as we get out of here?
1: Uh, wear your mask. <laughs> uh, love of God. Yeah. Um, uh, if you can, attend your local protests or support black creators or black businesses or black anything. Uh Get rights.
0: <laughs> rights. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, this has been basically a podcast with me, Jen. And uh, next time, I have no idea who I'm getting next. Uh, we'll see when that happens. <laughs> Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching, and if you found this interesting, then share it. Just No, just share it. Forget it. Whether you've liked it or not, just share the dang thing. I want to be more popular. I want more friends. <laughs> um, I, this was good. I thought this was a really good episode. That's all I I really think it was. So, yeah. So, it's been a basically podcast. I have fun helping you from watching and listening. That's what's all about it. Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. Uh, you can say bye.
1: Oh, bye! <laughs> <laughs>